Way up. Way up. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I don't. Okay, ready? My life's horrible. Hi, welcome to Screen Share, <laughs> a movie podcast about the movie Waves. Adam, how are you this today? Pod- this podcast, every episode's about the movie Waves. You've ruined my life again. <laughs> That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's Adam Cook. I'm Calder Miss Wood. It's true. This episode, our third in the Romance Movies Month. Last week was 10 Things I Hate About You. And I've got more than 10 Things I Hate About You, sir. <laughs> List them. Face, hair, nose, mouth, eye left, eye right, eyebrow right, eyebrow left. These are ranked as well. Okay. Ear, tooth number 16, chin, beard, neck, this little hair follicle right there. Okay, thank you. And... That I just lied and you didn't hate me. Oh, thanks, man. Brought it right back around. Well, you hate that I don't hate you when you lie? Now, this movie... (laughs) This movie isn't your most traditional romance. No. In fact, about two-thirds through the movie, I wrote down that this shouldn't count as a romance movie. But I kind of changed But here's the thing. My argument is, love's messy. Sometimes love doesn't go the way you want it to go. Now, I should mm. preface before we go any further. I highly recommend you watch this movie before we talk about it because there is like an actual spoiler that I think is like yeah, there, there's something real. that like like saying that at the end of Ten Things I Hate About You, they're together isn't really a spoiler because if they're not, yeah, like, I mean you probably assume yeah yeah. But like this this movie is something where like there's a couple beats in the movie that like. The movie it, it doesn't ruin the movie if you know about them, but, but it's like, so much better if you don't, or if you've forgotten like you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before <laughs> I didn't realize until halfway through the movie that Calder had actually spoiled this movie for me before, and I had just forgotten about it. So. We were driving to the Scotch. We we're driving to uh, dr- driving to Nova Scotia, and our, Matt, our other friend, is a big anime boy. Mm-hmm. Adam. You know, he talks about whatever is I medical dabble. history. We'll leave that untouched. <laughs> Did you say talk about history? Your medical history. Oh, my medical history. How uh, parts on your body don't work right. You can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to not say anything because I was trying to and figure out like, what you're alluding to. But, but then I was like, I don't, no one in my, no one, like you guys like movies, but not the kind that i like also and they're like talking about a movie and i was like okay well there's this one that i really like yeah and it's called waves mm-hmm. and then i told him the spoiler which i guess we'll just go spoiler from now well, on well uh let's just give general thoughts about the movie okay. first and then we'll we'll give so a me, spoiler I'll, I'll do a little introduction sure Hi, welcome to Screen Share, a movie <laughs> podcast about the movie Waves. Yeah. Uh, this movie is directed by Trey Edward Schultz. Okay. Who is, this is his third movie he's made. No fourth movie. Most recent one. His first one was called Krisha. Okay. Made it for $30,000. Oh, that's cheap. In um, his, like, someone's, he's related to his house. It's about his aunt coming to a family gathering 
and she's had some like issues in the past and there's like a bit of a reckoning that happens Mm. his second one is uh it comes at night which i saw advertised as like a bit of a zombie thriller okay and it is a thriller but there's not as much of a zombie element or like horror element but i still think it's good it's very tense i saw that with in theaters with hillary and she was like i didn't like that one there wasn't any monsters and i was like yeah kind of weird Okay. And then Waves. All three have been A24 movies. Of course. Um, but this was his biggest one so far. And I think his best one of the three. The other ones, you can kind of look at them and they're like commendable. But this is like a real film. Those are like one location kind of indie movies. This is like, oh, this guy's making a movie. Yeah. You know? And what this movie is about is about <clears throat> a African-American family. I feel weird saying African-American because I feel like... Uh, me too. Like, I'm pretty sure the discussion around African. that has, like, kind of ebbed and flowed and changed over the past couple decades. But, like, the Crave movie description does say African-American yeah. family. So. Um, and the sort of struggles that they're going through. They're upper middle class, I'd say, living yeah. in Florida. The son is, like, a wrestling prospect, a senior in high school. And he's got a lot of, like, sort of stresses and issues about Mm -hmm. being successful in the future like what's his future going to look like doing well in wrestling yeah um his relationship he's in a relationship with alexa demi who is of euphoria fame and the son is played by the character's name is alexis well that's like not a far and it's probably her life story well this movie's a documentary yeah exactly that's not true (laughs) um and the son's played by kelvin harrison jr who's an actor i really like and Mm, in the that awkward moment thing we talked about like young actors who we like and like would yeah. be good I, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff like he was in trial of the chicago seven he was in elvis oh, he played like um frank it's same like man that's in judas and the black messiah that daniel kaluuya plays mm-hmm. but i don't i forget what the guy's name is yeah but it's frank frank something yeah um and he played bb king in elvis but okay. he's like got these sort of bit parts. He's got another movie coming out this year, a Canadian movie called Brothers. That's like he's in more a little bit more, but he's not like getting big roles where he's the star, but he's incredible in this movie. Oh yeah, he's great. I, I did keep thinking throughout the movie that like I'd love to see him in like cuz cuz this movie his character deals with like a lot of stresses mm-hmm. and it's kind of a very like uptight kind of uh frantic yeah. movie a little bit at times so like i just kept thinking i'd love to see him in a more like i don't know a role where he can like show his charisma a bit more mm-hmm. cuz i feel like he would really shine in a role like that cuz there's like his 3 minutes in elvis you're like he's got something yeah but it's like elvis there's like it's insane. It's an insane movie. Yeah. Elvis is. This also Elvis isn't is. a bit. Um, Taylor Russell plays the sister. She was in the cannibal movie with Timmy Chalamet, Bones and all. Okay. And then she was also in her other, like, she's got a bit of a franchise, the Escape Room movies. Oh, yeah. She's the star of those. Oh, really? I didn't and she's know pretty good in those as well. Well, she's great in this. And she is great in this as um, well. She's probably my favorite part of the movie, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Um, I think she also plays, because her character is understated, sort of like the forgotten child in the family is like how I would describe her. Yeah. Um, And I think she plays that really well. Mm-hmm. Even in the scenes where like, 
at the beginning when she's just kind of there. Like, yeah. I don't know if she has more than 20 lines of dialogue at the start of the movie. Yeah. She, she's got she's, one she kind scene, of oh, yeah. is, is just there to kind of support the character of her brother. Yeah. Um, for most of the movie. And it kind of, she works at that. Uh, and then like, also when like she does get more prominent scenes, she's also kind of shines. Mm-hmm. She's also kind of shines. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. But yeah, I, I think overall, like before we get into spoiler territory, this movie's like, I, I'd say it it qualifies as a romance movie, but like the way I was describing it to you, and this is kind of the case for next week's movie. Mm-hmm. About uh, time. About time. Uh, it's about it's time more of just we like, about time. It's more of just a life movie. Like it's more of just like a, a movie about like what life is, what mm-hmm. family is like, um, like how relationships work yeah like like the effort you have to put into them um like not just romantic relationships but like sibling relationships parent relationships friendships like all Mm -hmm. of these things so i think that um but we're doing back-to-back movies at the end of this month here that are like kind of romance but i'd say about time is a bit more romance than waves it's a little more like whimsical yeah well actually a lot more whimsical well it's a lot more just like like pure or like yeah like, sweet yeah it's very sweet but uh both uh good or i was about to say good time <laughs> that's not a romance movie hey hey it's a romance between him it. and his brother oh yeah you'll but, see uh, you'll watch it next month true bit of a bit of a spoiler bit uh, of a tease. but uh about time and then also this movie waves they're they're kind of just like life mm-hmm. family movies I wouldn't say it's a movie to watch with your family. That the, the, one of the main things I wrote down was that like this is a movie I wouldn't recommend to everyone, but I wish everyone would watch. Yeah. Um. Just because like I don't think everyone would enjoy this movie, but I think everyone would take something from this movie. Yeah. So. And it's like probably the most criminally underrated A twenty four movie that mm. I. Well, I, I had never heard of. of it until you like suggested it. Like it, it should be much more seen than it is. And Sterling mm-hmm. K. Brown, like, didn't really get that much from this movie, but he's incredible in it. The dad, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, he's also one of the biggest stars on TV too. And it just kind of like, I guess there's a different audience for This Is Us and this. He has but like also, it's not a completely different audience. No, not completely. So, and, and he he has like such a good blank stern face Mm -hmm. where he's just like if he just looks blankly at someone i'm like oh he's angry (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of like brian cranston where like (laughs) as soon as he goes blank face it's just like uh oh maybe it's the goatees maybe that's what it is i I could see that the goatee is a powerful facial hair yeah i think you could probably pull off be be prime minister if you had a goatee oh wow thanks man um i did write down here that Kelvin Harrison is going to be playing Taka in Mufasa the Lion King, which I think is the next live action one directed by Barry Jenkins. Oh, wait, is it a prequel? I thought it was a sequel. I have no clue. I was hoping that the, that the new live action Lion King was going to be Lion King 2 Simba's Pride featuring yeah. Kovu. I don't think they're doing that. I But I have no clue. Like They should. I tried to movie. look up what this was on IMDb and there was like nothing about it. So, 
I like how the live action Lion King came out and people went, didn't really want this and it's fine. We didn't really like it. And Disney goes, we're going again. Anyway. Um, so, so overall thoughts on Waves. I, I really liked it a lot. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but I uh, think that it's a, it's a movie that kind of changes your perspective. And um, it also kind of universalizes some struggles mm-hmm. where... I think there's a lot of people who think things are like, and not in a selfish way, but they think struggles are very specific to them yeah, and their identity and their things. But like, I relate a lot to the, the sun in this movie. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things where I was like, it's like a little too close to home for me. Yeah. Um, and then I also relate a lot to the daughter. Yeah. I I relate a lot to the daughter as well. The one that fades away. Yeah. In the family where you're just like, it's okay. He's got a lot. You're dealing with a lot with him. So I'm just going to kind of like back up. I'm not going to like add to the stresses of this family by like worrying you with my problems. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so, so that's, I, that's, I guess our spoiler free discussion. Yeah. Highly recommend you watch it before listening to this conversation. Mm -hmm. But if you literally just don't care, then amen. We spoiled. Bless up. Jumping into spoiler territory in five, four, three, two, one. Happy he kills New Year. her. He kills his oh. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're just jumping manslaughter, in. Manslaughter, involuntary. Yeah, involuntary <coughs> manslaughter. Involuntary. I was. I mean, I don't know how like accurate it is to the actual law, but like he, he got a lot of time. He, he got that. thirty years for involuntary. Like obviously, he committed murder. Yeah, but like. I didn't. I didn't realize involuntary manslaughter I, would be maybe 30 it's not years. involuntary, right? I think involuntary. Well, no, they is said like, it in the movie. Really? I think so. Yeah. Or actually, I, no. Maybe also, I'm mixing it up because I just read the headline about Alec Baldwin and the whole like gun <laughs> thing. I think it's probably just manslaughter. Okay. Because like, or maybe it's just murder. Like it might actually just be a murder charge. I think. I think it was involuntary murder of the second degree. I think is what okay. they what they labeled it as. Maybe but I have like, a vague understanding of what that means, but I have no clue. I I did kind of get that it it was like thirty years, um, but I think it was like after ten years parole. Yeah, I think on like good behavior kind on of on good behavior, which like I completely get why they do that because it, he was very clearly and like, he's eighteen years old. He's eighteen years old. He was very apologetic. He was clearly having a very rough time, and I think intoxicated as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So sorry, sorry, I just jumped right into spoilers, but we gave you ample time to get out of here. I was going to do a bit where I said Happy New Year's and then we pretended to kiss. Oh, well, then I'm glad that I I, I said the other thing. I'll be honest, your lips look very chapped from over here. How about now? How about yeah, I want your saliva in my in my mouth. That's definitely. What... <laughs> <laughs> you did it! Yeah, he did you it. T- it tastes good, huh? You taste. You like that taste? It tastes like blood. <laughs> yeah, because I I got open wounds in here. <laughs> I got I got like about I got about seventeen canker sores in my mouth. Yeah, and I keep biting on them. I keep biting on them and reopening them, <laughs> and not by accident. I I like <laughs> no, doing it. Yeah, it hurts, yeah. and I like it. That's absolutely disgusting. So, the thing about this movie that is like incredible to me costs six million dollars. Very cheap, but that's good, and it looks great. Yeah, it's shot incredibly well, and mm-hmm. the, a thing that this director does or has done basically since he started, and I think it was twenty thirteen when Krisha came out, maybe fifteen. 
Um, I don't have the exact year here, but he just uses digital filmmaking technology like really well and Mm -hmm. he'll do really inventive things with it. Um, one of the shots that is sort of like repeated in this movie is in Krisha. He, I think he just puts it on like a lazy Susan in the kitchen while they're all preparing the Thanksgiving feast. Um, but it like spins around in the kitchen. So yeah. like in the opening shot where it's the cameras in the car and then they do and it later spinning around. They, yeah. they do the same shot. I don't later. know how they did that. Like truly, honestly, I don't know how they did that. I wouldn't be surprised if like, here are my two theories for how yeah. they did the revolving <laughs> camera inside the car shot. Either they just had the camera on like a swivel and then whichever of the two actors was not being actively shot on camera, they would just like control Twisted. it and spin it. Or there was someone on the roof with like a motorized head sort of thing. Oh, I guess they could have also just like put something in it that's motorized, but I would have just guessed there's someone on the roof just oh, spinning it. Okay. Like they but could like, literally just be like crouching on the roof and like holding the camera and turning it. We're kind of getting in the weeds though, but then you kind of need the car on a trailer. Then you've got to paint out the car that's pulling that one, right? Because I don't think you really need a car on a trailer. There's not really well, a moment where have... they're doing that spinning shot and they're going really fast. But for insurance, I don't think you can just have a guy on the just roof a, of a car. They could probably just get a stunt <laughs> guy and like attach a harness to the car. I feel like it's not in shot. Occam's razor. It's probably just motorized. It's probably just motorized. But like. That is an opening shot is like... It's really good. It really takes you out of being like, this is a movie. It did stress me out that he had one of his legs out of the window (laughs) while he's driving. Oh, he's a horrible driver. Oh, horrendous. He's one of the worst drivers I've seen. Yeah. But uh, just like, since we're on that note anyway, something I really appreciated about this movie a lot as well, because we already spoiled, he he, uh, accidentally kills his girlfriend basically at the halfway point of the movie and then it's like the midpoint turning point thing yeah and then like the movie almost immediately shifts into following the perspective of his sister yeah and like you don't even see him you don't see no. tyler for the rest of the movie basically until yeah. the very end um so it's just like he he's the main character for the first half of the movie and then he just doesn't exist mm-hmm. other than like being mentioned i think um but like, there's a yeah. lot of parallel shots from the first half of the movie with Tyler and his girlfriend Alexis, mm-hmm. and then later to his sister Emily and his her boyfriend, boyfriend. Luke. Yeah, where like they do the revolving car shot. Uh, I I forget the second example, but there is a second example. Uh, it's a lot of like. There's a lot of stuff that carries throughout the movie to show even though these are incredibly different circumstances, like it's still kind of the same. Like there's a through line through it all. It affects it all. They're both like kind of the same person. They kind of feel the same things, but like the way they interact with the world is very different. And the way they see the world is very different. I remember the second shot that that's the same. Tyler gets like super high and goes, I can't open my eyes. I can't open my eyes. And he sticks his head out the car window and like sticks his tongue out and is just like has the wind blowing. And then she does that later when she gets high and Mm -hmm. she doesn't go, I can't open my eyes, but she sticks her head out the window while she's high and it's like the same shot. Mm -hmm. And they do a lot of that kind of thing to do exactly what you're saying, which is to be like, these are different people, 
like she has very conflicted feelings about her brother mm-hmm. um like while he's been at the forefront of everyone's attention and mind and she's been in the background they're still kind of living the same life yeah um their rooms are connected through the bathroom yeah like there's even that connection between them yeah so i th- i think like it does a very good job of showing the sort of negative shit that can happen in a teenager's life mm-hmm. as well and the positive stuff cuz the first half is pretty much all the negative things that like you and I didn't directly experience, I don't think, of, like, all the drama, all the, like, horrible stuff. Um, but we know about and we have some inkling towards. Yeah. And then there's all the, like, like, if you're in a different situation, you can experience all this other great stuff. And, like, high mm-hmm. school can have great moments. Being a young person can, like be a great thing it's not only like trauma and anger mm-hmm. and anxiety and like yeah that I, it, it's all of kind feeling. of like everybody's got a chance to make the best out of what they've got mm-hmm. it just like really depends on situation and how you react to those situations yeah because tyler kind of like had everything mm-hmm. and then lost one thing which led to him losing another thing which led mm-hmm. to him losing another thing and it, he just like just completely snowballed and spiraled into being like, I have nothing. I'm yeah. just going to my life's falling apart. My life's falling apart. I'm just going to like react to all of this very like directly. But then with Emily, she kind of like doesn't really have a lot going on, mm-hmm. but then she starts to open up and experience things more. And yeah. she kind of faces that with, Learning from her brother's mistakes. Yeah. She faces that with much more like maturity and understanding and appreciation. And I think it's also speaks to the fact like Tyler did kind of have everything. Yeah. But it wasn't everything he wanted really. Yeah. Because it's a lot of just like with that, like you can say, oh, I want to wrestle. But then your dad constantly putting pressure on you to like make this the thing that gets you a scholarship and like heaping pressure on you about school and about working and about all that stuff. Yeah. Like he has everything, but it's become like a horrible influence on his life where it's like, it's crushing him that he has everything. Yeah. Like the first, the first like 20 minutes of the movie is basically just establishing that like, He's got a lot going for him, and he's got a very busy life and a full life. He's the kid you see in high school, and you're like, oh, that kid's, like, kind of got it together. He's, like, the cool kid. But, like, at the same time, that same very same intro is very hectic and frantic, and the editing's kind of, like, the same way. And it kind of just shows that, like, yeah, he kind of has all of this and everything. He's got everything together, but at the same time, he feels overwhelmed he feels like he's missing something like he Mm -hmm. doesn't really and um, like maybe he doesn't want all of it like yeah maybe he just wants to hang out with his girlfriend and like go to parties and do school not like wrestle and work and do all this other shit and like when he goes downstairs like ah, like wow he does some homework goes downstairs to talk to his stepmom oh that scene i hated that yeah and he just like talks to her for like 
like what literally like a, a minute, one minute and then his dad's like why aren't you doing your homework and he's like i'm coming and saying hi to mom and then he's like yeah well that just, just get back to your homework asap and it's like it's it's one of those things it's kind of similar to turning red mm-hmm. where like i see the mom in turning red and i'm like she's so clearly a loving caring mom but like the way that she approaches doing that is very kind of negative it's misguided yeah it's misguided because they want the best but the way they're approaching it isn't gonna give them the best or it's gonna build resentment or it's gonna like lead to negative things yeah and the and the the dad in this movie is like a little bit more directly that yeah where he's like very much the i'm being hard on you because i have to not because i want to and i think like i i understand his reasoning in it because he does Mm -hmm. like literally spell out the reasoning for it in the movie where he's like yeah people like us basically just african-american people in the united states have to be higher achieving than other people because we don't get the kind of chances yeah what he he says i don't know the we we, he says something like like, we don't have the liberty of uh like being being average we have to work twice as hard to be like Like an average like level citizen yeah or like or average like status in society you work twice as hard to be the same as everyone else which is just obviously tragic yeah but like it the i think one of the best parts about this movie is that i understand where everyone is coming from Mm -hmm. and why everyone does everything they do yeah like this is gonna sound horrible to say but like even when tyler accidentally kills his girlfriend i saw it like coming for like the 30 seconds before because i was like he is like he is far gone he has nothing he feels like the only thing he has is her but he doesn't actually have her anymore she broke up with him yeah but he just feels like blocked him like right away too yeah and is having his kid yeah like so obviously i don't empathize with him killing her no obviously but like just him in that moment being like mentally exhausted, physically exhausted because he has his shoulder injury. Like he's just been spiraling. He's on multiple drugs and he's drunk out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's no real like support system there. Cause yeah, you also learn later in the movie that the mother figure is his stepmom. So yeah. like he feels a connection, but like, there's also just a difference yeah between that he doesn't feel like like he and, can talk to her about anything and he's like yeah. mourning his mom still because they didn't really know their mom yeah because she died when they were young um so like that's just still an open wound as well like yeah he's also got this woman in his life his girlfriend who like he trusted who's leaving him his mom left him when he was young yeah like there's just a lot of stuff that adds this that makes the actual character arcs believable for pretty much everyone. Like even the father at the end has that emotional scene with the daughter where he's like, which is my favorite scene in the whole. Oh, movie. it's incredible. Yeah. I They're both great scene. in that scene. And he's like, it's basically just like, I, I tried so hard. I tried to do the right thing and I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry that it didn't, it's not working. Like, I don't know what yeah, to it do. It, it clearly didn't work for Tyler. And yeah. It's not working for you because I've barely talked to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my favorite thing about that scene is, is he like goes in being like, I'm going to 
see how she's doing and comfort her. But then, like, it turns into her kind of comforting him Mm -hmm. because he he's been such like a figure of like I've got to be strong and I've got to make sure that my family is strong so Mm -hmm. that if I'm not here they're strong and it's like he's so focused on strength and resilience that he hasn't had time to process his own emotions and how he feels about the situation and like everybody in this movie feels such guilt Mm -hmm. but Um, no one seems like they feel like they can talk about it yeah until kind of the end well that's the thing yeah like the the scene happens where tyler kills alexis and like obviously there's some immediate reactionary stuff for a bit but then it's almost like it not like it never happened because everyone's affected by it but it's like it's like he he who shall not be named yeah um where they just like don't talk about Tyler, they don't address it, they don't go visit him a single time until yeah. the very end when his stepmom does. And you don't even see the visit. No. You just see her go to visit. And it's just like something I wrote down uh like at like when the murder happened, and then I also wrote at the end was like genuinely what is worse because we also see the reaction of alexis's parents Mm -hmm. we see them like reacting to the news and then we see them at like the court hearing and then we see them uh, at at her grave at the very end and like what is genuinely worse like losing your child or like knowing that your child murdered another per- like yeah another close family's child who you also n- knew that your child like got so far into like unchecked anger yeah all this stuff that he was pushed that far and like you didn't you didn't or couldn't maybe do anything about it yeah because truly both families lost their child yeah like obviously in different ways but it's like we we mostly see the tragedy of the family of the one who killed, not yeah. the, the one who got killed. And I think that's what's interesting about the movie is I've seen movies where someone the other happens child. Yeah. and then it follows that family mm-hmm. or just like a family member or whatever. You don't really see what happens in a family dynamic when something like this happens. Yeah. And I think it's very unique and I think it was done really well. Yeah, and I think that's my favorite part is, like, it it really shows that well. And there's not a lot of movies that show that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get more to the romance part. Because the second half of this movie kind of is yeah. a romance movie between the sister, Emily, and her sort of new love, Lucas. Well, yeah, they, 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 he introduces her as his girlfriend when they visit his dad. But, like, they kind of just meet after, like... When her part starts, right? Yeah. Um, Luke. He bumps into her. He doesn't even like, really bump into her. He, like, enters the hallway yeah. and sees her and is like, oh, oh, sorry. I should fuck I, I'm going to go talk to her. And just, like, fumbles over and is the most awkward I've ever seen any character in a but movie. Th- that's Lucas Hedges. I mentioned him before. Okay. And he's really good in this movie. Oh, he's really As, like, good, this yeah. sort of, like, weird, awkward teenage guy who's, like obviously got some problems but i'd like to ask you a question before we get deep into this sure does it boggle your mind that some people live year-round in a place that's warm i was thinking about this i was like so this kid just 
wakes up and it's warm outside. Like, I have no clue how that works. Like, yeah. I get like, oh, it gets chilly in Florida. You have to wear a sweater you sometimes. To, you have to wear a windbreaker. But, like, there's six months where we live where I don't want to be alive. Yeah, there's a good chance that from, like, not September, but, like, mid-October to mid-May is just, like, cold, wet, snowy, rainy. Windy, like, too. It's so windy. Yeah. It's, like, arid. And then there's just people who are, like, in Florida all the time. Yeah. it's It seems psychotic that I, that's a real thing. I there, There's someone I follow on Instagram who, like, does content creation in L.A., and she posted a on her Instagram story where she was like, oh my goodness, frost on my windshield, gonna be late for work. It was just a tiny little minuscule little layer of frost. And I'm like, like ob- I know like there's a big debate about this where it's like, yeah, but they're not used to it. Shut up. Well, the only way that I'm, uh, I agree with that is like when Texas had big like power outage problems and the houses weren't properly insulated because they were built for a certain climate. Yeah. Like I get that. Mm-hmm. But being like, oh, my, my. oh no, a little fries. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she was more posting it as a like, a, whoa, ha 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 thing. Yeah, but, but she's not funny. Who is it? Trisha Hirschberger. She would. <laughs> um, what do you think about the music in this movie as well? Because there's a lot of like modern songs in it, but it's also got a score from Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross who did like the social network. Okay. And they've done well, a lot of big movies. It's a little bit social networky. Yeah. Um I I would say I think that it is good and it matches the movie. I don't think I'd say I like it. Because that, it's very like there's a lot of like high pitch synths that like will play a really long note and then mm-hmm. it'll also just go like or whatever, like just do some like weird things. It's very like anxious music. Oh yeah, it's like you can't write to this. You can write to the social network yeah. theme. You, like, dun, dun, dun. you can write to that one. Yeah. But you can't write to this. No, the, it's kind of all over the place uh, in a good way. Like, yeah, it's, it fits it's, the it's movie clearly well. well done. Yeah. Uh, but it is kind of like all over the place. It kind of puts you in a state of panic a little bit mm-hmm. at certain points. Um,. And what do you think about the use of, like, modern songs? Like, there's some Kanye songs, there's some Frank Ocean songs. Oh, I did write down that, like, when they're on a... When Emily and Luke are on a road trip, they put on How Great Is Our God by Chance the Rapper. And he's like, like, this shit's fucking sick. Yeah, he's like, listen to this fucking shit. And he turns it up and it's just still the choir part. Yeah, and he's like, like, oh, wait, wait, listen to the drop. It's not there yet. Yeah. I, I will say they kind of nailed that kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is just like in between moments. I've yeah. talked about this in a previous mm-hmm. podcast where it's just like I love in between moments or like little character mistakes because it just makes them seem a lot more real. That was the in the Kimmy episode, right? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because she like puts bag her bag thing. on backwards. Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's just another moment like that where he's like, I honestly think Luke as a character kind of does that thing a lot where he... His awkwardness just feels very real. Yeah. Because it's not awkwardness like, oh, oops, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's just like... It's like a goofy awkwardness. It's like... Yeah, it's like you can tell that he's trying and he's putting in effort and he's like just trying to be himself and be genuine. It feels like he's a, like figured out something 
as a way to like enjoy life through his traumatic background because like his dad isn't a part of his family and is also dying near the end of the movie yeah um and like his family life doesn't seem great yeah um but he's like figured out a way to like kind of stay goofy and maybe hide or maybe just get through those things Mm -hmm. well it seems clear to me a little bit too that before he asks Emily out, he kind of feels a little bit, I think she feels a bit lost mm-hmm. and he feels a bit lonely. Yeah. And that kind of them finding each other at that moment kind of works perfectly because mm-hmm. they both kind of needed that kind of person. Um, But yeah, he he does have this weird sense of like, He's just content mm-hmm. with what he has. Um, and I, I don't know. One I of my favorite parts with trait. him is when they're talking about singing. And then he's like, I wrote this down because I liked it so much. He's like, I sing Vampire Weekend in the shower. Shit just doesn't sound right. Yeah. Where it's like, that's kind of a perfect encapsulation of him where he's like, hey, I do this thing, but like. I'm not good, but it's okay. I yeah. still do it. He's li- she's like, do you sing? And he's literally like, oh, I sing all all like the time. The I don't sing well. And she's yeah. like, everybody sings well in the shower. And he's like, I don't. <laughs> he's like, I sing badly in the shower, but I still sing in the shower. Yeah. It's just like he he kind of does something that I think a lot of people have trouble with, which is like admitting that he like tries mm-hmm. and admitting that he's not good and admitting that he doesn't know. Cause he's also on the wrestling team with her brother. Yeah. So he's like a part of that thing. Kind of, mm-hmm. he's also in that sort of rat race, but like has a different attitude towards it. Yeah. Um, he's just doing it. Cause it's a thing he likes. Whereas Tyler was doing it. Cause he felt like it was the thing that like like he had to do that mm-hmm. or everything would fall apart yeah and sure enough as soon as that fell apart everything else did i do want to ask you a bit of a question because there was something that i thought like was kind of funny but also just kind of like a little too true is when he's sort of got has this first descent tyler yeah yeah where i think it's um i think it's after the injury when he like finds well, out I think, that he's I hurt. think it's when he goes to the doctor yeah. and is told, but before he like really injures it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he like <laughs> he gets drunk, he jerks off, then eats a burger and takes a bath and falls asleep in the bath. While the bath is running yeah. and then he floods the bathroom basically. <laughs> which is just kind of brushed over. You just hear Emily in the background be like, Tyler, what the fuck are you doing? There's water <laughs> seeping out. And then he goes, oh, uh, oh sorry. Oh, and sorry. turns it off. And then he just goes next scene. And I'm like, I would not be able to clean that up in time. Like, be, I'd be found out. Also, I like the scene where he comes home drunk. And then Emily, like, helps him. And he's mm-hmm. like, don't tell, don't tell dad. Don't tell something. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like... He's like so apologetic. It's such a sad scene, mm-hmm. but like, well, it's very it's much played a thing. so well too. He's such a good actor. Yeah, and she's really good. they're both great. Yeah, because yeah. she's really good at also at playing the like, because she up until that point she kind of doesn't really do plays anything. like she's annoyed with him all the time. Yeah. Um, but like in that moment, it's a very like sibling moment of 
I hate seeing him like this because he's the older brother. Yeah. Um. So especially like the older, younger sibling dynamic where it's like, I'm supposed to kind of look up to this guy mm-hmm. as like my older brother, but seeing him like this, like on the floor puking, mm-hmm. like that's just a sad scene. Yeah. Like not even a sad movie scene, but just like a scene to witness. It's just sad. And I think that she plays really well the like immediately jumping into I have to take care of him. Yeah. And then he really plays well like just the true devastation and desperation mm-hmm. where he's like, I don't know what to do, but also I can't seek help for this. Yeah. Like, I can't ask, I can't get my parents to help. I can't, like, talk about this with anyone, really. And it kind of shows why he couldn't get help later. Because then when his parents kind of find out what's going on, especially his dad, but his mom a little bit, too, they kind of just, like, ridicule him for it. Yeah. Um, And they, like, blame him for trying to push himself to get through this stuff. Because what Tyler does is what he thinks he should do. Mm -hmm. Not, like... I don't even know if he thinks it's right, Mm-mm. but it's what he thinks he should do. Like fighting through the injury. That's like kind of what he's taught to do. Yeah. So when he does that and then he gets blamed for it and well, like, well, not blamed, but shamed for it. Yeah. Um, well, that, oh, s- that pissed me off when he's literally like crying and can barely move his arm and he's getting his arm put in a sling mm-hmm. like right after he gets it injured and his dad is like has his arms crossed and he's glaring at him in the yeah. locker room and i'm like he needs your support right now yeah like what he needs right now is for you to go over and be like it's all right you pushed yourself too far we will see what the next step is and i'm gonna be there with you the whole way because the other option is he gets the surgery and he's out so he can't wrestle either way yeah well that's the thing is like I feel like a lot of movies with him finding out his injury scene it would be like I can't get that surgery like I'm an athlete uh-huh. this is my life but no he says like I'll get the surgery just like let me get to state first yeah like so I need to do this for the rest of my like I need to accomplish this for the rest of my life to like happen yeah so like he's he's not as much like I need this I want this mm-hmm. as he is like this is my only option yeah. So I just, I just can't. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. another, and I guess we could put a little warning. There's like an abortion scene in the movie. Yeah. Where like, they don't actually like show anything. It's not like blonde. Um, but like where they go to a clinic and that's like such a scene that that's a scene that I haven't really seen in a movie ever. Oh yeah. And I'm really glad that it's in this movie because mm-hmm. it it like also just rings very true and brings up issues without like kind, like it doesn't show It's not beating you over the head with what it wants you to think. It's just showing what the situation yeah. is. Yeah. And the security guard in that I scene, love the security guard. He's so good. We was like Look, I'm here for you guys, but don't do anything. Yeah. Because there are protesters outside of this, like, I assume Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Where they go to get um, Kelvin's girlfriend an abortion. I think they go to get an abortion, yeah. 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 Um, So there's a security guard there 
But there's protesters obviously saying like, you're going to kill the baby, whatever. We don't need to get into the politics sure, of that. Sure, sure, sure. There, like, there's the just way, protesters out there with signs and they're yelling and yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of American movies don't have this sort of thing in them, mm-hmm. which I, I found really like cool about this one, especially the way they show it where it's like, it's not because she doesn't end up getting the abortion, mm-hmm. but it's not like a fix all to the problems in the relationship, even if she does. Yeah. Because there's always going to be this thing between them where like either he pressures her into it or like he resents her for having the baby. Yeah. Like those are kind of the two outcomes of this the only, the only or the best possible outcome is them both agreeing in the first place on what to do. Yeah. But like, even in that case, there's no way that neither of them second guess at all. Yeah. And, uh, cause, and I, we're talking about them as characters, but this is also just like a world thing Yeah, where it's like anyone in this scenario, it's very difficult. And I just don't think I've seen a movie or any sort of media where this kind of a situation is portrayed just like as it is. And not like either pushing one side or um, just kind of breezing past it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a short scene, but I think it's an important scene because it, it it just like it's just an added thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like and it just like shows another one of these struggles that like people in general go through, and then their argument after where he's like yelling "fuck you," so rough. Yeah, fuck you. It's like horrible it's but hard it's to like, watch yeah it's kind of like what would happen mm-hmm. especially if you've got just two teenagers like kind of stressed out of their mind because we don't know what alexis is going through really yeah. aside from like her stuff relating to uh tyler yeah but like we don't know outside of that what she's going through like we see that she's a cheerleader she we see or we hear that she has some other friends yeah. But like Tyler's so insulated in his world that like we don't get a we don't get a look inside of her well, world. Well, even like cuz it's through the perspective of Tyler for mm-hmm. the first half of the movie and like we kind of get that kind of thing where it's like we don't know what's going on with her even when like he sees who she went to the dance with or to the yeah. party with and he starts to get jealous and upset and she's like he's gay, he's yeah, my friend. He's been my friend since the third grade and he's gay. Are you stupid? And he's like I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but like, that's just kind of showing that even like, obviously us as viewers, but even the characters in the story don't even really know everything that's going on in each other. Like, I, I love you. You're my best friend. I don't know everything that's going on in your life. Well, I told you about how I shit my pants the, last night. That's true. On my couch, actually. Yeah. I had to clean it out this morning. I thought it was chocolate. You cleaned the entire couch out? Well, I cleaned out the part <laughs> where did you soak shit through. on. It did soak through into the cush. Shoot. Well. And I made sure of that. You owe me a new couch. Before I shit, I said, Hyperjet, go. And then I just blasted sh- right into the couch like a super soaker. Just going to repeat it for a second time just so that it becomes more real. He said that before he shit, he said, <laughs> hyperjet go. And then I went. <laughs> See, it didn't peak. It's fine. The audio didn't peak. No, it's not even close. <laughs> I was ridiculed for farting a f- just a couple times in the Kimmy episode. And you're talking <laughs> about 
a hyper jet stream or whatever the fuck. <laughs> we got to add a little comedy into this. This is, yeah. th- I think this has been this our most be more serious talk episode. about the movie episode we've done so far. I, so I let me bring up another thing. Sure. Um, to kind of get away from like the character issues. We'd mentioned a bit about how the movie shot, but the skies in this movie, mm-hmm. did you ever look at the sky? Yeah. There are some incredible looking skies and there's mm-hmm. probably some CG that helped with that. But like, I just assumed a lot of it was like, like just color grading the sky. Yeah. But like it happened so many times and nothing else in the shot was weirdly colored that I was like, yeah. I think that's just like a cool looking sky. But like the skies are amazing mm-hmm. and gorgeous in this movie. There are a lot of gorgeous shots in the movie as well. And mm-hmm. it's shot by um, Drew Daniels, who's worked on a lot of Euphoria episodes. And you can kind of get the same feeling as like an episode of Euphoria with the the bright color palettes mm-hmm. um, and the like sort of innovative camera work in it. And the just the like the speed and the momentum that it kind of moves with. Yeah. Because this movie does like move quickly even when we get into the slower second half where they're like going to see manatees and going on road trips and stuff like that which is all really fun um but they they also play with the aspect ratio a lot yeah where the first the first half of the movie is almost all just i think it's 16 by 9 yeah i think think. it's just like a full screen 16 by 9 yeah and then the second that he kills alexis it goes to three four by three four by three square basically yeah. right um but then later for most of the emily stuff it's uh like widescreen yeah uh ratio where like there's the black bars at the top and bottom so mm-hmm. there's like i think there might have even been another aspect ratio i think at there some probably point. was but like yeah. there's at least three different aspect ratios that kind of just like fit each of the moments yeah because like for the first half of the movie, you're just kind of seeing it through Tyler's eyes. It kind of just makes sense that it's just going to be normal aspect mm-hmm. ratio. But then, like, he kills her. All of a sudden, his world has just shrunk. Yeah. There's, like, the, the entire thing that matters is him kind of escaping. Mm-hmm. Like, not even escaping from the police, but just <laughs> escaping his life. Yeah, just getting away. Um, So that makes sense. And then the second half of the movie just kind of feels like... It almost feels not real. It's like airy. It's like fantastical. It's open. Yeah. Whereas he's constricted and then yeah. even more constricted. But then the family's also constricted because there's some Emily stuff that's also like four by three. Yeah. With that tight like box um, aspect ratio. And then I think it kind of like, I don't know the exact time codes of when the aspect ratios change, but it kind sure. of opens up when she gets back into school and meets Lucas. Mm. Um, so I like, I just love how thoughtful this movie is, how it's shot. And then how the character arcs are all like believable, understandable. And like, there's a lot of truth in the movie. Yeah. Whereas I feel like that awkward moment, <laughs> there's like a kernel of truth. The being like being there is like, most of a relationship kind of thing. Um, with, uh, in, in, in that awkward moment, maybe once or twice, they say something where you go, that's a problematic way to say something that might be yeah. true. Like or, when she goes, being there is the most, like that's based what relationships are. Like yeah. that's the kernel of truth. Yeah. 
okay that's True. fine like it's kind of the same thing in 10 things i hate about you where it's like there's a bit where you can take from it yeah but like it's it's a high school teen movie where there's white rastas and people are getting shot in the ass with well, arrows yeah. well, like i i don't know where about time slot will slot into this mm-hmm. but i think that at least up to this point these are three very different romance movies mm-hmm. like i think that that awkward moment is just stupid yeah and like just like casual rom-com whatever mm-hmm. i think 10 things i hate about you is just kind of like but like that awkward moment's also still trying to have some sort of message yeah whereas i think 10 things i hate about you is more of just like a fun rom it's like teen fair rather than like yeah romance whereas this movie is like the the whole movie is kind of just like lesson after lesson but it's not like forced lessons and it's not preached no it just kind of is like it's showing you a situation and then you just kind of have to interpret it in the way that Mm -hmm. like you do yeah um and it doesn't feel like you can yeah like it's not it's showing these characters lives but they don't feel fake and it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel unreal Mm -hmm. it feels like Oh, I'm just seeing this character's life and I'm not like in my head. I'm never like, this is too much. It all like tracks. It all makes sense. And that could just be like, another thing I like about this movie, honestly, is that it's just kind of a movie about people our age. This came out in 2019. Yeah. We were like two years out of high school. Um, weird, weird. Um, but like, the people in this movie are kind of around our age. It's about kind of us in high school kind of thing. We obviously didn't go through the same stuff because we didn't live in Florida where they like have something weird in the water. It kind of just made me go like, okay, what if this happened to me at this time? Yeah. And like the use of phones and social media is believable, which is something that you can't really say a lot about movies where there's phones and social media. So there's that element that also can I connect to with it where it's like maybe I give it more leeway but I see the truth in these people like I've met I've met these people and I've been the not the oh, yeah. parents obviously because I haven't had any kids yet sure that I know of obviously but like because you, I have you've been met and experienced people like that yeah um and I've been like both of the kids like yeah I've been the kid who's like stress the fuck out about hockey and like about everything in your life yeah yeah and like if i don't do well in this like my life's gonna crumble or like yeah i gotta get this perfect grade or like i lost this fucking hockey game or like yeah and it being like literally the most important thing in the world but then also with emily relatable because like the idea of being like i don't know if i have anything going on right now i don't really know what i should have going on right now Mm -hmm. i'm just looking for something Um, and then like another personal specificity to me with emily sure is my sister also like around this time was having a lot more problems than i had Mm. in school because i was like fairly i kind of got through high school okay she I mean, had you, a bit were, of, you were a genius. Well, obviously, but <laughs> she had a bit of a rougher time. So, like, even when we were, like, 10 to, like, late out of high school, I'd kind of just, like, faded into the background. And yeah. I was the kid that was, like, 
yeah, I have my hockey stuff and whatever, but I'm not going to like tell my parents what's going on or like cause problems or like do that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, watching Emily just be that kid that's like, no, like it's okay. Like comforting her dad being like, I like, it feels like, yeah, I don't have to tell you everything that's going on. Like it's something that I've done Mm -hmm. when she's talking to her dad and she's like, no, like don't worry. Like it's not your fault. Like that we haven't talked or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. This movie just hits me harder than, like, almost any movie yeah. that I've watched. And I think it's just because of the specificity and the fact that this is, like... Like, this is the Gen Z movie so far, in my opinion. There's a mm. couple others that, like, next month we're going to do Shiva Baby, who, which is, like, a little more considered a Gen Z movie because the director is, like, is our age. There? Yeah. Yeah. Um... And Trey Edward Schultz is, like, in his 30s, so he's, like, a young millennial, kind of. Sure. Um, But, like, this is, in my opinion, the Gen Z movie and, like, the best one that I've seen so far. Mm. There's another one I watched recently called Actual People that was, like, pretty good. Have you seen 8th Grade? I haven't seen 8th Grade. I haven't seen 8th Grade either. Wait, no, I did see 8th Grade. I'm lying. Oh, yeah. I thought it was good, but it's also just a, a tad younger. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that, like, if we were recording this podcast, like, seven years ago, yeah. we'd probably be talking about eighth grade in not the same way, but a similar way that we're talking about Waves. It's just Waves is a little bit more grown up. It, it's just a bit more recent, yeah. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> another thing with eighth grade is, like, it feels like we're two years older than that eighth grade. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where it's, yeah. like, social media is, like... Cause, like the social media used in eighth grade is not the level social media was at when we were in eighth yeah, grade. Like yeah, like yeah. in eighth grade, I was like watching Minecraft videos on my iPod yeah. Touch yeah. that I didn't know that I had a subscribe feed. Yeah, like Instagram didn't really become a thing for me to like the tenth grade. Yeah, whereas like. Eighth grade is kind. Of, I mean, Instagram is kind of just like the go-to social media for mm-hmm. movies, and I think maybe just in life. Maybe I'm wrong there, but uh, I feel like it's probably Mastodon. Maybe, but uh, <laughs> like I wasn't using Instagram in the eighth grade, but they no. are in that movie. But I, I was well, wondering... you didn't have cable till you were nineteen. That's true. <sighs> and then he got rid of that. Shit. Have he you was seen like, Kim Possible? No, sorry. Have you seen Powerpuff Girls? No, sorry. I found hotter cartoon characters to obsess over than those. I watched Thomas the Tank Engine about 79 times. Did you say Powerpuff Girls? Yeah. Not the Powerpuff Girls. You're not obsessing over Powerpuff Girls? That's creepy. I've heard it's a good show. No, I meant like hotter, hotness. Oh, see, I wasn't talking about that because I'm not a freak. Yeah, but I said that because Kim Possible is kind of like a show where like that was like one of the things where it's like, like maybe it was hot. one of the things for you put her there brother hey we'll put her there let's put listen her to there, this brother. wow that's a good handshake if your handshake's not making noise like that that's not a good handshake yeah um what was it oh yeah i only brought up eighth grade because that's like another example of a yeah. millennial writing and directing mm-hmm. for gen z generation gen z generation generation i think eighth grade is good but i think this like this is, is a bit more modern, and I think it's yeah. a bit more accurate. And I also think it's just a bit more universal. And a, yeah. Like, slightly more honest. Because I know Bo Burnham is, like, 
Like I, Bo Burnham has a mission, kind of, which is a, it's a good mission, but like a mission it's an to like mission, expose how fucked up social media and like the internet and like all this stuff is, which I agree with, or just like expose how the current generation is like perceived versus how they actually yeah. are. Yeah, and. I like that mission, but that mission comes through in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in this, there it doesn't feel like there's a mission. It feels like no. I there feel are like characters that have gone through something. I feel like almost any. I mean, I feel like sure there's people who would watch this movie and be like, "It's too much," or like, "I don't like that they're so heavy-handed with this." Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Should I answer it? You can cut it out. Okay, I'll cut it out if it's bad. Hey, you're on the pod. <laughs> all right <laughs> um all right. so um what was i gonna say oh yeah i feel like obviously there's people that wouldn't like this movie or would feel like it's too much or it's too not graphic but like there's intense. too many mature themes yeah too intense but like i do think that any generation could watch this movie and find a part to if not relate to at least go okay if this happened to me like i think people could relate to the parents like the w- parents are in a rough situation i wonder what i'm gonna think when i watch this movie in 20 years and i have like a kid who's yeah. a teenager and i'm like like how will i take it then like you know yeah um yeah like i wonder how much the perspective would shift because like the the everybody in this movie blames themselves mm-hmm. Um, but the dad especially, um, well, at first he doesn't talk about blaming himself, but his wife blames him. Yeah. And then later when he's talking to his daughter, he blames himself. And like, if I had to put blame anywhere, I guess I would put it there because he was so hard on him. But he's trying to do a good thing at the same time. Yeah, but like the movie is really good at making you even understand like, but he isn't doing it for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. he's maybe doing it the wrong way yeah but he's doing it for the right reasons um and like i feel like in his mind how he treated his son was to prevent that kind of thing from happening Mm -hmm. but it just like kind of snowballed and did the uh, had the opposite effect yeah um but like i feel like anyone can find something in this movie too attach themselves to uh so i think it's i i think that it's really good and i think it could reach a lot of people can i bring a little levity to the episode let's bring a little levity you kill olivia at a party (laughs) oh dear what's your your escape plan do you try and hide the body genuinely what probably what i probably do Mm -hmm. well first of all how would you kill her Well, I'm assuming it's like this where it's an accident. Well, first of all, I don't think I have the strength to knock out kill someone. He's a wrestler, so it makes sense. This is one of those things where it's like you're in a bar fight and you punch a guy and then he falls and hits his head on a curb and then you're in prison because he hit his head on the curb. Sure. Um, But you punched him to make his face hit the curb. Like, it's kind of that thing. Yeah. Where it's not that... yeah, but I'm saying you ask me how I'd kill her. First, I wouldn't I wouldn't kill Olivia. So I'm assuming well, it's an accident. Okay, so 
Let's up the stakes then. Also, I like you how you said let's add some levity, and now I'm talking about killing my girlfriend. Let's up the stakes I'm not then. Killing. See oh, that okay. Spider-Man over there? Yeah. She burns it. Burns it to the ground. Lando two. Bonsai two. He's talking about my action figures. Qui-Gon two. Darth Maul two. Obi-Wan two. Yoda two. Kylo two. Captain Rex two. They're burnt to the ground. Break up with her and sue her. Kill her. Nope. Fuck. I'm just trying to like... You know what? You always throw this on me. <laughs> I'm going to throw it on you. Oh, you at the party. You like to you kill your girlfriend. What you do? I'm oh, sorry. You do it on purpose. How are you killing her? I think his mistake is... I do think he made a mistake by running. Honestly, like he probably got a couple years for running. Oh, yeah. So like... I think his mistake is number one... You gotta, like, put a towel under her head or, like, try and hold the blood in her head. Yeah. And then number two, when you realize she's dead, you hide the body. Interesting. So I thought you were being empathetic by being, like... Well, you like, try you to- try to bring her back to life, but then you're like, oh, she's too far gone. Let's hide this body. Yikes. And so that's what I Hillary was, would want me to do, too. I was gonna say you try to stop the bleeding... Uh, this is going to look bad if I do end up killing someone. <laughs> you're not going to kill anyone. <laughs> two, for two reasons. Yeah. One, to try and help her, her to not die. Yeah. But two, because then if when anybody finds you, they can see that you tried to remedy the situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, still killed. Yeah. Very bad. But, like, at least you showed immediate remorse. Yeah. Because, like, obviously he shows remorse later, but he does, like, almost immediately run away. He shows remorse, checks if she's dead. When she's dead, he runs. Yeah. Well, he actually doesn't run until a girl opens the door and screams. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It was just, like, if, hey. when When I was watching it, like, obviously I don't know what i do in that situation he's also intoxicated like who knows mm-hmm. but like when i was watching that i was like dude just like you've done it it's too late you're my not immediate gonna get well, well, you're not gonna get out of the state like well my immediate reaction is like tell someone <laughs> but then i think like he's at a party with a bunch of drunk teenagers if he goes guys i don't know what to do i think i just killed her he's getting murdered also <laughs> probably yeah like he's getting beat up and killed probably so like I would, like, I don't have the strength to do this, but if I had his body, like, (laughs) I would just, like, try to stop the bleeding, but then pick her up and, like, try to get to the hospital or call 911 or something. Um, Yeah. It's obviously, like, when you're in the heat of a moment like that, which, heaven forbid, anyone ever really is... Um, but like, and it's not like premeditated, so he didn't plan it, obviously. Yeah. All his plan was, I'm going to win, win her back, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that really brought some levity to the episode. Who do you think Adam Driver would play? Um, unless you've still got some more things. I think Adam Driver would be a good Luke's dad. Oh yeah. That'd be interesting. Because actually, we haven't even really so, talked about. Luke's let's dad. let's do the advert or not Adam advertisement. We'll do the <laughs> Adam Driver bit, and then I want to talk a bit more about like Luke and Emily. Okay. Because we haven't really talked too much about the second half of the movie. 
Um, but yeah, I'd say maybe Luke's dad for Adam Driver would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Alexis's dad or something. He does like to play racially ambiguous people. I mean, but he doesn't even really have any lines, really. I was going to say yeah. maybe the wrestling coach. Oh, yeah, but maybe. But I think, I think Luke's dad is the answer. I think Luke's dad is the answer. Okay. Now let's talk about Luke and Emily a little bit more. They're meeting rough. Ooh. But it's so cute, too, at the same time. It, here's the thing. I didn't even think it was that cute. I thought it was like almost 100% just uncomfortable and awkward. <laughs> but then they go to the diner, and then it's pretty quickly like, okay, this guy's like pretty endearing and like she clearly like you see her smile for the first time in like 45 minutes of the movie (laughs) when he like makes a joke and she does a little smile so and i think she it's clear that she just needed someone to reach out to her Mm -hmm. because she was just suffering in silence Mm -hmm. and And like had become a social pariah at school as well yeah and i think that he was just kind of the perfect person to come along and he also needed someone like her to kind of open him up a little bit. Um, like a flower. Like a flower. But there's a lot of sweetness in this the end of this movie, which mm-hmm. I really like. And it takes the sort of tenseness off the first half of the movie. Yeah. Um, where, where it kind of like cuts it a little bit. Not to like make that less important, no. but to make you be like, okay, I can like calm down there's something else well there's like a happy memory in this movie the first half of the movie is kind of about like what happens if you have everything and then everything goes wrong Mm -hmm. and then the second half is kind of just about healing after that yeah where like everyone in tyler's life is kind of just like struggling and working through like what's next but since we're seeing it through the eyes of Emily, we kind of see that she's kind of found the formula, which is like by the end of the movie, she kind of like uses Luke's dad as a way to kind of realize like Luke's dad is not a good guy. He Mm. was bad to Luke's mom. He was bad to Luke and then just like left forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But like in the last moments of his life, she can see that he's like resent or not resentful, remorseful. Yeah. And like regrets it and is just like a sad being. Yeah. And she's able to kind of look at him and be like, man, my brother might actually not be a monster. There is like, it shows like that people can not fully be redeemed, but can be redeemed in showing their remorse for like things they've done. Yeah. And he, she or knows at least even that just like doing a bad thing doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. yeah. And she knows that her brother isn't a bad person, but like, it's hard not to be like, fuck this guy. Like he, he's tearing our family apart. My parents are going to get divorced. And she had like a really nice moment with Alexis at the party yeah. before. And he killed he this up. girl that like, yeah generally i like and i'm sure she'd like known her because they were dating and all that stuff mm-hmm. um and I, like i love the second half of this movie i kind of yeah. forgot how much i loved it because mm-hmm. i think the the first half like it's the hard first half not is the part to, you remember but yeah. the second half is like really what makes the movie great yeah um it's just like it's kind of like a mixture between a perfect memory of young love mm-hmm. and just like a really sweet time. Like yeah. the dates they go on, they go to see the manatees 
I think they go to see manatees, right? Yeah, sea they cows. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, they, yeah, which is weird though, because they don't they don't really show the manatees in any shots with any people. No, I'm pretty sure don't. it's just like <laughs> stock footage that they put, and then it's like, oh, they're near water. <laughs> but yeah, it works still. Um, and then there's like they go and like go to that house party thing, mm-hmm. and she like tries ecstasy for the first time. Yeah. Um, and that's fun they go to the golf course which is like just a gorgeous like beautiful dream sequence yeah where like the camera's getting the water on it and they have sex and he comes in four seconds (laughs) and he's like i'm sorry that that, i honestly like obviously it's funny to laugh about how like Ah, sex haha sex and haha come and haha lasted five seconds but i honestly think that's like kind of a sweet scene Mm -hmm. because like they both want so badly to be the person the other person needs. Yeah. Um, which is like kind of exactly what the other person needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just think that's kind of a sweet scene, even if it is like a little silly. But, yeah. Well, like it's silly, but it, like, again, there's like a bit of truth to it where like mm-hmm. if you've kind of fallen for this person you'll kind of be like oh he's like like it's okay like even the way she reacts where she's like hey it's okay like it's all right like don't worry about it it's okay and he's like i'm sorry i'm sorry like yeah i didn't mean to do that i'm sorry she's like it's okay like yeah you're fine yeah it's okay she's just so like kind and nice i i i wrote down that she's like genuinely a really she's a great sister and she's like also a great girlfriend she's just like a very kind person and then her like taking the sort of power to go on that road trip to missouri i think i think so um or like mississippi it starts with an m i think it's missouri um taking the power for like herself and being like no this is a thing i'm gonna do yeah even if i have to lie to my parents like and it's her her kind of making a decision to do something that he wouldn't have made a decision to do yeah like he wasn't gonna be like hey i kind of want to go see my dad yeah but like her being like we're going and seeing your dad you can tell that he's kind of thankful that she's made this decision and you can tell it sort of like it does it's obviously not gonna fix her mom dying when she was younger but it's like it she says like i wish i could talk to my mom like even though she like yeah she's like i love my stepmom and she is my mom but i wish i could talk to my mom yeah yeah and even though, like, she, I think she probably does blame her mom for, because her mom overdosed. Yeah. She does blame her mom. She still wants to talk to her. Like, it's still her mom. Yeah. No matter what, there's still, like, I don't believe in a lot of, like, woo, like, metaphysical stuff. But, like, mm. there's a thing where it's, like, still my, it's still my family. That's still my mom. That's still my dad. Like, yeah. if he just dies... I'm going to think about it for the rest of my life as to like why I didn't go talk to him or yeah. like if he still cared about me, like there is that still, there is still that element that she understands, but he doesn't seem to understand or maybe he yeah. just doesn't want to admit. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of work for each other cause she kind of helps him to say what, say what he needs to say. <laughs> anyway he to say what he needs to say feel what he needs to feel but then like he also helps her by like helping her to not just be so shut in Mm -hmm. because there's she feels like she can't 
she she almost feels like she isn't allowed to or doesn't deserve to like take any attention Mm -hmm. or like be anything even when they first start talking and he's like talking to her she gives like one or two word answers and like Mm -hmm. at first i thought that was just because she was uninterested in being rude but i think it's just because she like she's like didn't think she was worthy or deserved to have that kind of attention or be desired in that way and then he like introduces her to new people and she's like oh wow like this is fun like being a person that's living in the world is fun and i haven't really been doing that yeah and uh yeah i think they're great together i i like them a lot Mm -hmm. also luke kind of looks like a (laughs) what was it i wrote down like a slightly less awkward jesse eisenberg oh yeah where he's a he's he's a little jessen eisenberg-y if he jessen eisenberg yeah he's like a jessen eisenberger (gasps) that should be a burger chain like Wahlburger. yeah eisenberger um but they could have the heisenberger that's got fucking meth in it it's got meth in it (laughs) and it's blue yeah and then uh, your mouth gets blue and then you turn it oompa loompa what are your what's your opinion on oompa loompas on Oompa Loompas. I didn't realize that they literally hired like one little person for that For movie. the Charlie and the Chalk, like the Johnny Depp ones. So oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the other ones I think they hired more. But um, I think I just ruined your point about Jesse Eisenberg, but oh well. I no, think Lucas fine. Hedges is great in this movie. Oh, he's well. great. I, I really Every like performance is, is incredible. Like in our last two movies, there are performances that are not great. Sure. Like... Like, some of the mains in our last two movies, there's, like, parts where they're not great. I mean, Zac Efron's not great. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's sections where Julia Stiles is, like, okay, but she's just, like, written to, like, give this weird speech about, like, feminism, and it's, like, there's a lot of exposition in it. So sure. she's just, like, saying, like, blah, 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 like, whatever, and she's got to go through this whole thing but this feels like they're real people they're like incredible performances the dialogue all feels very natural as well yeah. like it, it feels like it would actually exist exist um do you have any other things or should we i don't jump think into so that? but i'm thinking about rank yeah so let's talk about rankings here um hmm you pitch first i pitched first i think them. it's number one number one i think so very mm. like quite strongly because cause before bringing up the list, I was like, I'd say... I, oh, Jesus Christ. How did that even happen? You I got like to... spring-loaded kick in there. <laughs> I was trying to push off. But you got slippery, <laughs> slippery floors over here. <laughs> I mean, you're trying to push off with no leverage. <laughs> what? Just the little itty-bitty tip of my heel isn't yeah. enough leverage? Jeez. So I was going to say, I, I was like confident, I'll put this above John Wick. Um, but then I look and above John Wick is Kimmy and I'm like, that probably, I think this is a, I think I'd rather probably watch Kimmy, but I think this is a better movie than Mm -hmm. Kimmy. And then I go West Side Story. I mean, that one was a bit of a compromise. I'd rather watch this than West Side Story. Yeah. (sighs) Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. You'd probably rather watch Harry Potter, but like, I think this is a better movie. If we go through all the categories, (laughs) script, I kicked the table, how it's shot, acting, casting themes i think this is like stronger in every one of those categories than harry potter even though but harry this, potter this movie's also a little bit more of like 
not a chore to get through, but it's like, it's not longer than the Philosopher's Stone, but it does feel like a commitment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm committing to like feeling something like i'd say like i've never seen schindler's list i'm pretty sure most people would say schindler's list is a better movie than harry potter and the philosopher's stone Mm -hmm. but like it's rare that i'm like i'm gonna sit down and watch schindler's list you know what i mean it's incredibly rare because you haven't seen it yeah but i mean like (laughs) well that's why i haven't seen it because it's like there's never really a moment i'm like i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna watch a movie with this subject matter. But I don't think it should be dinged for having, like, mature sub- subject matter. Oh, no, no, matter. no. I'm not dinging it for having mature subject matter. I'm just trying to think about, like... I'm considering rewatchability in my in my consideration for ranks. I think this has... And, you know, to each their own, obviously. Sure. For me, this has a pretty high rewatchability because, like... Even just in like the base of how this movie is made and how they put together these like frantic sequences, I think that's an impressive thing to rewatch and look at, like how they get a lot of these shots. Mm. Um, and the performances are like, like, I understand your rewatchability point, but there's that on Harry Potter's side. Sure. And I think Harry Potter is probably a more like rewatchable movie. Sure. But then everything else is kind of on wave side. Like even the effects of the sky look better than the Harry Potter one. They're obviously made at different times, but like... Here's what I'm going to say. And this is my final word on this. Okay. I don't know what I was trying to do there. You like saluted. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's like when when Zac Efron did the double salute at the VMAs. What? He took both hands up to his forehead. That's like I'm he probably thought he was going for like the double hands on the mouth kiss like a cr- like to the crowd being like love you guys ma. Yeah. But then like did a little little too high and did a <laughs> double salute. That's weird. It feels like a weird like cult signal. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so this is my final word on this. When we ranked Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone uh I convinced you to put it above John Wick. It is now like four places above John Wick. Mm-hmm. When we reviewed West Side Story, I convinced you to keep Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone above West Side Story. Last week, when we did Ten Things I Hate About You, you wanted it. You wanted to put it borderline last, and I convinced you to bump it up a few spots. Because of those things, I think I am willing to put waves above Harry Potter. And but the don't just do this to be nice. Oh no, I'm not doing it to be nice. I do love this movie. Okay. I do love waves. That, uh, I think that like it's just very hard for me to look at a movie like The Philosopher's Stone and be like, that's not the top. But the thing is, believe it or not, being number two is still the top. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm just I just worry in my like idealism brain mm-hmm. that like thirty episodes in Philosopher's Stone is going to be like eighth, and I that I don't going to feel weird. Will. But I don't think that's true. I mean, it's been the number one spot for <laughs> for. for- since 11? episode two yeah for 11 episodes yeah basically or 10 episodes 10 episodes up to this point. um and okay i'd agree with that i was gonna say and i don't know where about time will rank but i don't think it'll top this list even though i like about that time. movie a lot yeah we'll get to it um but uh so that means 
brand new number one. This is rarely going to happen that, <laughs> it, that it a movie takes, uh, takes the number, number one, one spot. Yeah. But uh, the new number one spot is Waves with Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone bes- uh, below it at number we two. We are doing Fast Five next month. so That's true. That might be at number zero. It's not worse than Hardcore Henry. No, I meant number zero like oh, above like it's number so, one. It's so much better. Like number zero is this doesn't even deserve to be on the list because it's so much better than all of these. Yeah. I feel like once we get deep into this, we should like write out a tears thing. Oh, yeah. But like it's too early for that. But I've been thinking about that a lot because it's like I feel like Harry Potter and Waves are kind of in a tier. Oh, yeah. And then there's another tier after that. Um, But about times next week. Next week is about time. time. About time. It's about time that we watch about time and watched a movie with a Canadian actress in it, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. About time is a movie about uh, time traveling love. Time traveling love. Domino Gleason. Domino Gleason. And and Bill Nye. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Nye. And Margot Robbie and Vanessa Kirby. Got a lot of stuff to get off about my chest about Vanessa Kirby. Okay, interesting. I was just going to say Bill Nye is my favorite part of the movie, yeah, but we'll get to that next week. Um, uh, but yeah, next week's about time. I, you can watch it on Netflix, Amazon Prime. I think it's one of the movies that's on almost every streaming service. Yeah. You can figure Ooh. it out. Seems like um, no one wants it all that much. Or everyone wants it. Um, so next week, about time. This week was Waves, number one on our list now. Big deal. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the part. I feel like this was like the most deep discussion we've had about a movie. I think so. Um, and I liked it. Hopefully it wasn't too much of a fucking bore. Yeah. I, I think, think, I, I don't I think, think we it was did a bore. good job. I, I don't I think, think we it was a bore. Good job. And you added a like, couple jokes in there, like asking me how I'd kill my girlfriend at a party. <laughs> which you will. For legal reasons, that's a joke. You have to say it. You have to say it because you said it. You have to say for legal reasons, that's a joke. He's pretending that I killed him. I guess I could be lying and I actually killed him. Alright, see you next week, guys. How does it feel to have the number one spot on the episode? Feels deserved.